0: Hey, welcome to Pastor Interference. I'm Alex. I'm Kevin. And this is episode five of Pastor Interference. We are the pastors, the co-pastors of Christ Community Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is playing on our church Facebook, uh, but if if you are listening via podcast and you want to check out our church, Christ Community Church, just go to ChristComChurch.org. You'll find us on all the socials and all that. Uh, But we are here uh, for the fifth episode and we 're going to we 're going to go to article Five of our church the Christ community church uh, statement of faith Article five is on election and so i 'm going to read article five and then we are going to talk about this probably would you say the least controversial doctrine in all of christianity
1: least controversial
0: i don 't think anybody there 's really nothing to Argue about no when it comes to election. No,
1: I I would say it certainly is maybe the least embraced
0: <laughs> by a lot of Protestantism. Yeah, there's even, a lot.
1: Even though there's been a surge,
0: no doubt there has in been. our country. Yeah, and and obviously I would say and we'll get into this more, but yeah. historically it's not that controversial. But in right. America or the West in the last hundred two hundred years, it wasn't always like that. But you're right. But it is now. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. controversial. So. But we are reformed, and our confession of faith is reformed. And so we're going to talk about uh, – even before we read it, let me show you this. If you're looking for some good reading on this topic, this is some good radio right here. I'm holding up a book by Lorraine Bettner called The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination. Unbelievable. This is Kev's copy, so it's a little uh, more classic. Uh, there's I've got a newer copy in my office, but just just look it up if you want some, some good, oh. thick uh, – Biblical stake right here. Absolutely. Is there anything you want to say? Because you've read this yes. before, long, long ago. Yeah. So, anything you want to say about yeah. that?
1: Um, uh, Lorraine Bettner is is. Listen, this will take you through. Um, he handles questions well. I mean, this is such a as as Pastor Alex just mentioned, such a thorough job, and deals with objections and uh, you've so, recommended so it
0: to men at our church absolutely yeah
1: After, there's quite a few guys have have gone through it um
0: we have men on the elder board that embraced reformed soteriology yes.
1: much much of much of what took place on that be, on, on the, our wonderful wednesday night men's yeah. studies yeah and just honestly turn and loose the scripture let it say what it said without even trying to uh do much more than just ask guys to wrestle with the text to think about it and and really honestly um if people are trying to think things through reasonably it only makes sense mm. uh just just like when we were talking today i think the gospel god certainly made the gospel in simplicity enough to understand where children receive it by faith amen. i was i was younger amen uh, and children younger than I was, but having said that, to really see the beauty mm. of the gospel and the fullness of how God works in salvation, election is a huge component and and really drips in my mind off the pages of scripture, like molasses amen and for those of you that may not know what molasses is, that's a southern it's a nice, thick, unbelievably
0: sweet. Mm. It drips. Yeah. Did you guys ever eat sorghum when you went down south? Sorghum and molasses.
1: I'm talking, now, I'll tell you this, because I didn't have a sweet tooth. It grossed me out. (laughs) But my family, brother and sister, Keith and Karen, and my family, and all my family, they ate it on biscuits all the time. Yeah. Sorghum and molasses.
0: When we lived in rural Kentucky, there was a guy in one of the churches who made, or produced or whatever sorghum yeah. and uh, got us turned he on. He should to know
1: it. what election is then.
0: Yeah, he, I don't think he does, but he should, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely should. And so, like you said, the, the this is what the Bible says. we of course, as uh, good, good Protestant Christians, good reformed Protestant Christians believe in sola scriptura, Absolutely. that scripture alone is our authority. We're, we're going to have our five lay elders preach through the five solas of the reformation in the month of August. Check that out. Good uh, stuff. Very good but we are also confessional christians um and so we believe that confessions uh creeds catechisms are a lot like the moon they don't produce their own light but they reflect the light as the, of the scriptures and in so much as they reflect the scriptures light they are a light to us to help us understand um help us understand what the bible's saying and to use vocabulary that that men for centuries have labored over. Yeah. And so we're not, we, as a church, we don't want to be the people who, who don't have a confession of faith and don't consider all of the traditions. We don't only look at Baptist or Presbyterian confessions. We want to consider all good Christian confessions where they show us Jesus from Absolutely. different perspectives in different times. And so we're going to read now from ours, which is the 1859 Abstractive Principles. Real quick,
1: Alex, as yep. you do that for people who are listening to this that may not have have wandered like and, and thought about the creeds and confessions when we say good men mm. we're not talking about just academic men right. we're talking about people pastors uh, which should be theologians and right. obviously doctrinal teachers that have faithfully loved the word of God and God himself and wrestle with what the bible actually says and then have Profound discussions to eventually put things in written form. Yeah, and they are wonderful helps. They've been a blessing to my life. They've been help build my life. I, um, you know, I, I've I've even heard one Reformed pastor said if he had his Westminster Confession of Faith along with his Bible, he wouldn't necessarily need anything else. Mm. And and I don't know, that that's not all that we would want. But man. Yeah. The point is your life can get built on it as it's built ours.
0: And what those men have done for the church universal, the elders of our church are charged to do for this body Mm -hmm. to preserve the faith and protect the sheep. And so we want to interact with uh, Luther and Calvin and Augustine and all of these faithful brothers. We say, again, not good, like they never sinned. Right. Or Jesus is the only one who never sinned. But these are men who, like you just said, gave their lives to studying, exegeting, explaining the Bible to Trust God's people. Absolutely. Amen. So Article five of our confet- the Christ Community Church Confession of Faith is on election. This is what it says. Election is God's eternal choice of some persons unto everlasting life not because of foreseen merit in them, but of his mere mercy in Christ, in consequence of which choice they are called justified and glorified. Amen. That's a nice little succinct definition of election that begins. So let's, let's just kind of move through it and then we'll talk more personally about how we've come to understand it, but election is God's eternal choice. That's where we start that we're saying in eternity past, before he created anything, before the Genesis 1-1 chronology, okay, because we learn about election all over the Bible, like you said, molasses, sorghum, heavy, thick stuff. Before that happened in time, the father uh, elected And and then we've, we talked about this before with the Trinitarian covenant, the eternal covenant, he elected, um, he elected some persons into everlasting life before he even created them. What, what comfort do you derive from that? That before there was a world that God saw you, loved you and chose you to everlasting life?
1: Well, you know, the the greatest comfort is, is that God is the author of my salvation, Mm. And I, I do think it's the greatest comfort because it's from that, as, as we learn it, you know, through what the Word of God teaches and through the confessions, that um, you, you derive your sense of security and assurance, and that you can rest in the fact that you are eternally secure. Now, a great deal of Christians understand that they're eternally secure, but they don't understand how it works. And I don't. I, I, this is just again a, would be an opinion of mine. I don't think until you understand how it works, though we may not fully comprehend the aspects of it because we're not God. But certainly, from what it's plainly stated, then you really your the beauty mm. of your salvation, the depth of your salvation, and you know. Uh, like you said, Pastor Alex, we're gonna get into, you know, some of the details to this. But for me, I think there's always two things, like when people begin to wrestle with it and you know, they'll wrestle with it in, in, in very degrees. Some are curious, some have never heard it before, just right. as we were at one point. Right. And I think what's undervalued in the truth of election are two things. People underestimate the holiness of God. Mm. And they also underestimate the sinfulness of of humanity, which would include their own sin. I think those two things are what help fight against. We don't see ourselves as in—I know I didn't—as as as in deep a sinner until I studied this truth. Until in deep as a sinner, and I don't see the high nature of how of how God is, and and that's derives from His holiness. God is without sin, and um, I think those are two key things that eventually, as you get into this, uh, not that we're going to get into all of that tonight, uh, because we'll get into it in the future. right I think those are two things that are really under evaluated and and, and and you know people fail to wrestle with that in a, in a healthy way. Too oftentimes, when we think about sin. Um, I think people are thinking about other people's sin, (laughs) Mm. you know, there, there's a, there's a natural, what we're really naturally born to is to be self-righteous. Right. Uh, and and I think if we're all honest, we're given to self-righteousness and the Bible just through the truth of election, just wipes all that away because our election is unconditional, right? Um, there is nothing that, that could merit our election. God didn't look down through a crystal ball and say, okay, I'm going to choose Kevin because he's from a good family, uh, because he's from good bloodlines of a heritage, because he has uh, a certain type of intellectual value or vet, whatever that might be, election doesn't come that way. It is the, the choosing of God marking out before and the foundation of the world, those who would be a part of his beloved.
0: Right. And that's where the confession goes on to say that he chose some persons unto everlasting life, not because of foreseen merit in them, but because of mere mercy in Christ. So there's two things there you just hit on them. Just to tease them out a little bit more, God's choice is of some persons. Mm-hmm. Now, you've heard it argued, I've heard it argued, that there are people who in, in maybe a more Arminian christian tradition that might try to define election in terms of a group god elected israel under the old covenant that god elected uh the church just a group and then whoever chooses to be in the church is is part of god's election or predestination um unto everlasting life what what are some problems you see with that group because here's the thing To to put it in more layman's terms, the argument here is, did God elect the egg or the omelet, right? Right. And and either way you go, an omelet's made up of eggs. And so the church is going to be a specific group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And and unless you want to get into open theism, like you talked about before, or you want to get into universalism, at some point there has to be a defined group. Yes. I think of, I mean, even when we take the Eucharist every week, we do it in a very reformed way. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for the many. He didn't say for all. He said for the many. That's the the Greek adjective, poloi, for for much, for many. It's not the whole. It's a part of the group. And so, so, like I said, unless we want to entertain open theism, universalism, or something else, we've got to talk specifics. Right.
1: Right. I, well, a couple of things that, that come to mind. And again, I go back to where I come in to believing it. I probably so first tell the story honestly came to a, um, um, a genuine look into it when I was probably about 24, 25, maybe 26, somewhere in there. It was the study through the book of Ephesians.
0: Mid 80s. Exactly. You were teaching Ephesians. 20,
1: 84, 85, whatever it was. Uh, certainly not, not even knowing much about Reformed theology. I knew there was a Reformation. I didn't know what it was all about from my background. Having said that, part of part of besides varied passages, some which we'll look at tonight, or I would I would ask an individual to do this: look in the Bible, look at the personal experience of the Bible, and you will find that God is always choosing them. Mm. And then as I begin to study specific passages, uh, second Peter one, Ephesians one, Romans nine, and that thing, I found that their experience was honestly mine. It it married. And so the, the belief of election probably came to me a little bit easier than for some, Mm. I just didn't know how it all worked out. And when I say how it all worked out, um, I'm talking about the, you know, the five answers to, uh, Armenian doctrine, really, which, which would make up what's called the tulip.
0: Yeah. Um, the canons of Dort. Yeah. The first time that was written out.
1: So part of that, part of that, uh, 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 history that I had to, to come to learning it was to begin to even look at individuals in scripture, how God had chosen them. And, um, Uh, you know, those are used in varied ways to say, well, he chose them to be a prophet, he chose them to be a disciple. Well, really all of those works are basically simultaneous to their coming to faith in Yahweh or faith in Jesus. Right. And, and I found that to be true for me because God was melting a callous, cold heart toward him, Mm. trying to run inside the church So, I I mean, I began to identify that, man, this is true. And then when I would read and try to understand the Bible as it it would describe itself, it made sense. And man, it it began to enrich me. Mm. It began to to allow me, you know, one of the attacks against election are, um, uh, you know, they don't make good evangelists. When history is really
0: recorded, right?
1: The greatest evangelists in the history of the world were Calvinists, starting with Paul. That's right, <laughs> because Paul—it's really Pauline doctrine. It's not Pauline doctrine. It's more that Paul develops it. Yeah, uh, certainly.
0: Yeah. So w- y- part of you coming into reformed soteriology because yeah. we're we're reformed in other areas, but we're talking specifically about that. Right. Was when you were teaching through Ephesians, this is one of the places where Paul is is really spelling things out. There's other places. I mean, even in in Romans, uh, th- those whom he called he justified. Right. That's part of the end of this paragraph. But why don't you say, yeah too. Why don't good. you read from Ephesians one and 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 we'll talk about because this is one of the Places where it's very clear, and then you can kind of talk about how you wrestled with it yeah. to teach it, and then then we can move. It was from a there.
1: young marriage class. Um, uh, I randomly chose Ephesians. I say randomly, tongue in cheek. Providentially, providence yeah. of God that yeah. we looked at last week, no doubt. And I begin to get into past the greeting in chapter one, and I I begin to think, you know, I've never really understood the book of Ephesians. There's one reason why I chose the book, mm. never had really walked through the book or whatever I'd heard from the book much came from four five and six, right? Here's another thing, a little tidbit, whenever you're studying Paul's epistles, if you, Paul goes through a consistent form when he teaches, he teaches doctrine first, and then he teaches how that doctrine is fleshed out in life. Yep. And, and so man, one, three through 14, which I come to learn was a prayer the apostle paul and i'm just going to read it real quick and then we can you know continue to discuss this but this was a seminal moment for me Mm. to really change and god opened his word more through the spirit is was teaching me um about the truth of election it says verse 3 through 14 says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. And before we get into the discussion of this, one of the beautiful things that I've always thought is a part of that, you know, the Trinity, which we've talked about, works together in perfect love and unity. They did in creation, they did in salvation and eternity past, and they continue to function that way upon the earth. Man, this prayer by the apostle starts with the Father, talks how it's worked through the person of Christ, and who who uh, secures it in the Holy Spirit. And of course, the Holy Spirit brings it in regeneration. The beauty of the Trinity. Yeah. The power of the Trinity. Man, you are kept, those of you that have trust in Christ, we that have trust in Christ by our powerful God, uh, because he chose us not of any condition of our life, simply because he set his love on us. Yeah. Uh, as it says there, in love, he predestined us, marked us out beforehand, and i don 't know it, you know it it's it's always been a beautiful um, loving i 'll tell you this i I personally would not be a part of a church that didn 't believe election, yeah, and here 's the reason why I've witnessed too many Christians who didn't believe in election that saw their lives disjointed
0: mm.
1: saw things happen against them or that things were happening to them to where they, you know, they used victimhood. It's mm. kind of, kind of a victimhood. Yeah. And yet now I think it's very secure no matter what comes into our way, whether it's, whether it's prosperous kind of in marital vows or things that are adverse. Yeah. We know that the one who loves us, has secured us to the end.
0: Yeah, man, Jesus, that, does it
1: get any better? Like, I, I honestly can't think of anything no. that got me better.
0: Two things that scream out to me in that passage you just read, which by the way in Greek is one sentence. Mm. Like you said it's a prayer, but so it's one thought. Don't, yeah. don't, don't let verses trip you up. Paul wanted you to think this is all one idea. Uh, is number one, the Trinitarian language that you mentioned, which is, I mean, go back and if you haven't listened to the episode on the Trinity, we, if we don't believe and hold to and cling to dear the Trinity, we are not Christian. Mm-hmm. It's a non-negotiable to God is. The second thing is all of the pronouns, like you, you read, he chose us. He predestined us. Uh, he says, he's, he goes on to say you, that's the you plural, you guys, y- y'all, as they would say down South. Mm-hmm. He's writing to a church uh, to that specifically, that church, and he's including himself, he's saying mm-hmm. us, that God's election is of some persons unto everlasting life. It's all of his people, all those who place their faith in Jesus. Most ultimately, I wouldn't fully agree with, with every uh, implication of this, but I think it can be a helpful exercise. Mm-hmm. Karl Barth talked about election most foundationally as God electing Jesus, Mm. And that we are all in Christ. That those who are elect are those who are in Christ. And so, when when you believe, when you repent, believe, have faith in Jesus alone, Christ alone, Solus Christus, that's that's those who are, that's those who are elect. So,
1: so in a practical way, let me just give you a quick example of that. Think about the Apostle Paul. Mm. Okay, the Apostle Paul literally killed Christians for a living. Did it passionately? as zeal to the Lord that's what he thought so you're trying to tell me people try to tell me that he just stopped thought he would make the right decision to choose to follow (laughs) Jesus it doesn't even it doesn't even match up with the emotion no he went through a dramatic experience why because God chose him before the foundation of the world and then used uh, Paul to evangelize the world and And again, as we as we both know, so many of the rich passages, certainly the Bible teaches election uh, uh period, but a lot of the in depth as as it t- pertains to the person of Christ, the work of this Christ, and how the Holy Spirit works comes to us through paul's epistles
0: yeah, and it's like you said, everyone in the Bible experienced that, so you can go back even further um to the book of Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Jacob, I have loved, Esau, have I hated. Paul tells us in Romans 9 through 11 that it was before they were even born that God had elected. Go back even further to Genesis chapter 6. It says that Noah found favor, found grace, unmerited favor. And that's what this says, not because of foreseen merit in them, like you said, not because you were a good person or because you're parents were christians or because yes. you went to church but because of m- his mere mercy mm. in in christ uh, and the consequence of that uh is called then this is that golden chain of redemption that you've alluded to before because you're elected you are then called justified and glorified election starts that
1: golden, golden chain. chain of yeah, redemption
0: which is a money phrase
1: charles hodges called it the golden chain of redemption yeah is in roman's check Romans chapter 8. Now, just a couple more things to kick in about this. Think about this because salvation has to totally rest upon God. Yeah. If in fact you could choose it, you would be the one that loses it. And the reason why that's true is because you would underestimate your sin, Mm. just as I would. But because we were wooed and made alive by the Spirit, Mm. we repented of our sin and trusted in Christ. Why? Because in that golden chain, those uh, whom he called were justified. Yeah. And we were justified, of course, by his grace. Salvation is wholly a gift from God. It makes sense from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of our own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, lest any man should boast.
0: Yeah. Now, you and I took a little different road to end up in the same spot. Mm. Um, let me uh, just tell our all of our devoted listeners here. We had someone at uh, church who does not normally go to our church this past Sunday, a visitor. He asked you and I the same question uh, separately. Um, and he, he said, has this church always been reformed? Yes. And your answer to him was, as long as I've been here, right. it's been reformed. And you've been here since 1995. Right. Okay. I uh, came here in 1999 as a kid, so all of my formative years were in a Reformed church, uh, so there's a sense in which it's all, all I've ever known, but as you know, as a kid, you're not picking that up necessarily by osmosis. Uh, there's still a point where I came to embrace it, and I remember very vividly um, when when I was deciding to go to Bible college at Boyce. Um, through conversations um, with my dad and you and, and other leaders and pastors. Well, I, re- I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to go to Bible college. I should probably like read books about the Bible. I don't know. It's just like a thought I had. And so there was no rhyme or reason to this. I went to my dad's bookshelf and I picked, randomly picked, again, randomly, Providence. Mm-hmm. I picked up John MacArthur's commentary on 1 Peter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There was no re- I wasn't going to teach it. I just was like, I should read books about the Bible. And so I'm reading the verses in the commentary and then very early, and we, we just went through first and second Peter. Sure did. And so this is un, this is familiar, but uh, in the very first verse, Peter writes Peter of an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion. And then he goes on and lists all the cities. Mm-hmm. And of course, in, in classic John MacArthur cha- uh, fashion, he has like a whole chapter on election and reformed <laughs> theology. And so yeah. I begin like, it wasn't offensive to me at all. I'm like you, I had like this makes sense. I would not choose God. I know my wickedness, my heart, but I began asking questions of my dad, of you, of other men that I trusted in the church, and that's where I began to embrace reformed the one that I was preaching I was sitting under and stuff right. but hadn't taken ownership of. And for me, it was almost like a second conversion experience. The Bible made sense. Amen. In a way that it didn't before and has ever since then. And I'm like you, I would not want to ever be a part of a church that didn't embrace election no. because there's too much you're going to miss. You get the
1: Bible wrong. Yeah. You get the Bible all wrong. And and election, uh, coming into the doctrines of grace, which elections included, obviously, in that. The The three richest experiences of my life were obviously my salvation, and the other two are centered on my salvation, were the doctrines of grace, beginning with election, and then Christ-centered preaching. God like took the veils off the Bible and opened them up to me in a more fuller way. And what I mean by Christ-centered preaching is that all of the Bible is about Jesus. Mm. It, It is a redemptive book from beginning to end, it goes to the beginning of creation and why redemption was necessary. How man uh, fell through two literal historical fic, uh, uh, individuals, Adam and Eve, right. and takes us through the story of redemption all the way to the age to come when Jesus will return, and all of His elect from all time will will be with Him forever.
0: Right, and and Christ-centered preaching and. Um, same story as you that opened my eyes to the Bible too. And we do that. We practice that here. Mm -hmm. Christ-centered preaching only makes sense when you embrace a reformed, a Pauline, a biblical understanding of election, because how can Genesis through Malachi and Genesis through revelation be about Jesus, unless the father and the son had made a covenant before the world even began Mm -hmm. that the gospel would be, the point of history, that Jesus um, in the new creation with all of his chosen ones would be the goal when that's the beginning place, right? When that happened before the Bible, then you can read and understand the Bible with Jesus as the center moving through. And so, like you said, all three are tied together. uh, And for me, the the Bible doesn't make sense otherwise.
1: Pastor Alex, I mean, you just expressed what really, I I truly believe that's verse 9 and 10 of Ephesians 1. He made known to us the mystery of this, his will, God's Mm. will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, all of the the work of Christ and the person of Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. Please listen to these words. They're not just thrown in there. To unite all things in him, Mm. all the people under the old covenant. Mm. It's one people of God. Things in heaven, people who have died and gone on before us, and the, and, and the individuals of things on the earth. It's all set forth, found in the elective grace and the person and the work of Christ. Christ is the mystery of this great plan uh, that, I think it's Acts 2.23, um, uh, the predetermined plan of God and the eternal plan. It's the, the original covenant. Yeah. The covenant made in, in the Trinity again, which we've already talked about. Wow, to me, I could I could talk about this all day. Yeah, um, th- it's enjoyable to talk. I think it's enriching. I think it builds people's life. I've I've witnessed it build people's lives. It's built my own family's life. I know it's built Pastor Alex's family life and our extended uh, families. The lives of people at Christ Community Church.
0: Wow. Yeah, and we would just encourage you. This is something I do that, that I've just straight up stolen from Kev. If you're if you're a believer who has not embraced this and understood this, listen. We still love you. Um, you you can be wrong. It's it's okay. But <laughs> we would just encourage you. Uh, don't take our word for it. No. Read Ephesians one and no. and think about it. Read Romans eight. Yeah. Read some of these other passages you talk and and just pray, Lord. What does this mean? Spirit, that's, show exactly. me what. The, and that's, let the if the Bible can't convince you, then we can't convince no, you.
1: No, and 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 look, literally that became our challenge to to, to people as uh, you know. I and that, that's what the first I kept I kept getting rejectors, and then I would take them and say, "Listen, you wrestle with this, mm. and you ask God just exactly what you said, Pastor Alex. God, teach me your truth." Now that's if the word of God can't teach him, we, we certainly can't teach him. No no man can teach you. No. Um, I mean, we've witnessed there, there's, there, there's a couple in our church that were, uh, it was the word of God that witnessed to them through the, through the gospel without any other human testimony. Janie and Bill. Yeah. Janie, Janie on her own in France received Christ, went home, told her Told her husband, who now is with Jesus, mm, Bill, yeah, Bill began to read the Bible on his own and came to the same convinced truth. Yeah, only God.
0: So you you be like Jacob wrestling with the angel, and you wrestle with these passages, mm. and uh, and you say, God, don't let me up until I get up with that reformed limp. So <laughs> anything else about election? I mean, I, you, I'm like I, you; I could talk about this all day. We
1: really could. Yeah. I mean, we could take we could have took twenty aspects and gone through it each week through, through the 20 articles um i think that's enough to whet people's appetite yeah and and listen this is what this is one of the things that's kind of a bummer for pastor alex and i because we interact with men there's been 15 to near 25 men in our, in, in this office mm. and and going over the conf- confessions and creeds and opening a bible and having fruitful uh god-centered discussion you know, it's it's one of the most joyful things that we that we've ever done, mm-hmm. and and will continue to do. Yeah, um, it's it's just a beautiful truth.
0: Yeah, yeah. L- Lorraine is good. I will just throw this out there too. If you want a little more bite size, RC Sproul has Absolutely. a little one called "What Is Reformed Theology." That is that is uh, oh man it's good we've had guys in our church read that.
1: What's the other one he put out as well? RC
0: hmm. he, he's put out he's right put now. out a lot.
1: And it's on election. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. I
0: don't know if we remember. Just listen, Google RC Sproul yes. and election, and there's going to It'll be a plethora off. because that man was one of the most faithful presbyterian brothers that
1: a- pink yeah some great things I
0: sovereignty elective. of god i think yeah. uh listen and you're you're Amazing you mentioned stuff. earlier about the straw man of election j.i packer wrote yeah. a book called uh evangelism and the sovereignty of god John MacArthur yeah, Mac- yeah 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 all the listen and there's a great story about that and I'm, I'm, i might not tell it word for word so just google it if you really want the full story but back in 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 i don't know it was uh it had to be the, the mid-20th um, century, mid-1900s. There's a group of pastors in London. It, Martin Lloyd-Jones was kind of like the head of it. And Dick Lucas is one of them. J.I. J. Packer was a young man at that time. You know, He just died in his 90s. And uh, this, this straw man charge was coming up by, by um, free will uh, preachers in London where they're saying Calvinists don't believe in evangelism. And, and so they're having this minister's meeting and martin Lloyd jones says we we really need we need a good reformed defense of of evangelism and he looks at j.i packer and he says jim why don't you go write a book on that and the result was evangelism and the sovereignty of god so if you struggle with that question um that's a great starting point but like you said man all of history the modern missions movement beginning with William Carey and all those guys, they were all reformed. And so
1: if, if if you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, then there's no reason not to go to every nook and cranny of the Bible. Yeah, as, as Pastor Alex even told us uh, Sunday, it, God wrote the Bible in books. The 66 book are one book, and they are telling the story of redemption. It is rich with this truth. And letting the Bible say what it says. Uh, and, and I promise you this, if you're in a doubting situation right now by listening to us through this, I guarantee you through your studies, it'll change your life. Mm. It changed mine. Yep, It really did. And uh, I trust you'll do it. I trust you'll do
0: it. Yeah. So in God's sovereign election, oh. he has called us today to talk about your detroit lions
1: we're we're going to go from that which is supreme to (laughs) that which is the abyss and the insufferable detroit lions and my 55 year history of of suffering with them this book was sent by a college buddy ken brooks i don't know if you listen to our our podcast or not but i'm giving you some i'm sure he's listening
0: he's i'm sure yeah yeah
1: i'm sure (laughs) yeah Along with the untold millions that that join in with us, mm-hmm. but and I appreciate this once again, Ken. I want to thank you for it's it's a history on the Lions. Now I will tell you this: it's it's not a very thick book because there's not much <laughs> winning in it. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and a matter of fact, in the Super Bowl era itself, the Detroit Lions have never been to a Super Bowl. Have mm. only been to one NFC Championship game, and probably this is the most painful have one playoff win
0: one yeah. one playoff yeah. win and and wow. you and you were there and so you're going to tell that story in a minute but first I want you to chat me up what's your first Detroit Lions memory you were born in 1960 so all of our NFL championships were before you were born talk to us about your first Detroit Lions memory
1: well so, real, real quick, um, they had a great front defensive line, like a, the Purple People leaders of the Vikings. It was centered in Alex Karras. We had a great defense. Um, and so, it really runs to 1970, because I think that was the greatest Lions team in my life, still to this day, past the the Barry eras and, and the ones that made
0: – If you disagree, that, just at him. That, just so throw we put yeah. the
1: Dallas Cowboys, right? We, we went 10 and 4. The NFL played 14 games then. We should have been 11 and 3. For those of you that remember, Tom Dempsey, half footed Tom Dempsey, had half a foot and he kicked a 63 yard field goal. I should have known then, 10, that we were cursed forever. Yeah. But, and I was devastated. We should have been 11 and 3. It would have given us, the I believe, the number one seed. But anyway, we played the Dallas Cowboys in that playoff game there were far less teams that made the playoffs so. then we lose 5 to nothing and and um you know all my family which was were limited sports fans but being from the south they liked the Dallas Cowboys which to this day I hate the Dallas Cowboys
0: okay <laughs> so um so it was a safety and a field goal
1: yeah a safety and a field goal and and we had Greg Landry at the quarterback and he couldn't throw the ball mm. worth beans and so we put in Bill Munson. The Lions take the ball 75 yards and throw a pick in the end zone with a minute and a half to go. We were, I was so filled with anticipation and then devastated. That was really the first devastating Lions event, which would become many events. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after that. But that Lions team, 1970, I still say was the. The '91 team. Yeah. So let's fast
0: forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and I'm born in '88. Yeah. Right. So '91. So what would this be? January of '92. Yeah. You are in the Silver Dome. Yeah. For the only Lions playoff win. Yep. yep. Tell us that story. Well,
1: real quick as we as we go to this, when I was in college, Eddie Murray hit the hit the right upright. On a 40-yard field goal that would have beat the 49ers, and the 49ers went on to win the Super Bowl that year. That was painful. Early '80s. Yes. Yeah. They okay. they they went on Bill Walsh and won the Super Bowl. But the year he's referring to, um, I saw the Lions play a couple games that year. But somehow, me and three buddies got Lions playoff tickets. I I think back. I mean, we were we were we were good. We we won the division, got a bye, but we're playing Dallas and Dallas had had a good year that year in the previous year. I think they, you know, they had Aikman and all those guys Emmett and we, we just spanked them in the silver Dome. It was unbelievable. It takes us, it was euphoric around here. Probably the worst part of that Lions team was the quarterback. We had either Eric Kipple or Rodney people and neither one of them were very good. They were about average, but anyways, we win that game. We go to the NFC Championship game, which was at Washington DC, the, the 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 Washington, formerly known as the
0: Redskins. Wait, are you allowed to say that? I, I don't know. I
1: yeah. I paused.
0: The team I paused. formerly known as the Redskins.
1: So here's what happened, and and I I say that I paused. Let me just say this: for, I I'm Indian. So let me just <laughs> clarify that I am Indian, le- legitimately. Um, um. We lose. We're, the Lions are winning ten to nothing after the first quarter, and I mm. thought, "Holy cow,
0: we're going to the Super Bowl." We
1: we, we got a we got a shot. Yeah, we lost forty five to ten. <laughs> Four 45 to ten. Now there was still hope. I want to tell you that real quickly about that team. We had two linemen, Mike Utley. Some of you remember, and there was another dude named Ed Anelzak. Lomas Brown goes on to be a perennial Pro Bowler. Those two were headed for it. That off-season, Ed Anlzak's caught cutting his grass in a ditch. A eighteen-wheeler runs him over and kills him. Jeez. And then Mike Utley gets paralyzed. Wow! There were three Pro Bowl linemen. That team was headed somewhere. Anyways, ever since then, we've been. You know, everybody made fun of Wayne Fonts. He's probably, maybe, the best, <laughs> line coach because he took us to the playoffs. More we've been wrestling around forever. But yes. I suffer with them. Yeah. Because one day I'm coming out of Egypt. We're yeah. leaving here. You're in we that. Are, we are headed for the Super Bowl Promised Land. And fans, I got a feeling it's this year.
0: You're a, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I, I got a feeling it's this year. This is the this is the preseason talk that I have to listen to every Year. This is what we call the Lions Stockholm syndrome that Pastor <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin experiences.
1: Uh, uh, oh, well, What? What do you? How about you? Do you have any?
0: Well, because, you know,
1: you're you're Brady in New England, which is going to get awkward. I can't wait till we get into the season. We have you do some of those podcasts. Yeah. So what? 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 At what level are you a Lions fan, or have ever been? Let's go back to when you first started getting into football. First time, maybe you went to a game. Right. And. Okay. What about the Lions? What's what's your relationship so with the Lions? I
0: born and raised uh in in the Mad Heights represent uh went away to college at eighteen in Kentucky, was down there for seven years, have lived here ever since. And so I'm a Detroiter, I'm a Michigander, but you know, I have um like I'm an acquaintance with the Lions. We will we will um we will casually visit on Sundays if if brady's not playing i used to say the patriots but even right now you know like if the patriots were playing and the Lions were playing at the same time i might want to see what bill belichick's doing over there and so i'm very casual with the Lions, but Mm, fair but it's you're being being transparent i can only say what's true and so (laughs) uh but here's my thing so i'm born in 88 right barry retires in 98 Mm. So my childhood, I wasn't, you know, we weren't watching every Lions game or anything, but I obviously this was it was Barry Sanders. Everybody in the in America knew Barry Sanders, and so I knew Barry and and knew, and we, you know, Lions on Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I never went to a game at the Silver Dome. My probably one of my biggest childhood memories of the Silver Dome there was an episode i don't i don't know if you'll remember this or not if you saw us you remember the old tim allen show tool time that he did okay so he was it was he's from detroit it was set in detroit yeah he reps the d and so there was an episode where he went to a thanksgiving lions game yeah and uh and he 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 was goofing around and he shut the power off in the silver dome so i I remember that episode (laughs) (laughs) tim Allen. but uh we did do um the marching band state championships, which oh, are man. now at Ford Field, cool. we used to be at the Silver dome. So we'd get to go in the Lions' locker room and go on the field, and so that man, was. Man, Alex drummed. That, that was I did. I played some drums that? on uh, on the Lions' field. Uh, my now let's talk about my adulthood because that's where I mean, like I said, I'll if the Lions are playing, I'll root for them, uh, and especially when I'm with a group of guys, I'll I'll root for them. Um, let me talk about playoff games and then let me talk about games I've gone to. So playoff, we, there's been three playoff games in mm. my adult, adult fandom with Matt Stafford, right? The first one, I was in Kentucky. Uh, we went down to New Orleans. The Saints demolished us. You'll remember yeah. that, of course. It was, it, we didn't have a chance. The last one, of course, was a couple years ago. I watched it at your house with a group of guys when Seattle demolished yeah. us in Seattle. Okay, so the only hope we've had in the Matt Stafford era, was the Dallas game? Yeah. We played a good defense. at Dallas. Good D- and Dominican Sue. I think they were uh, number
1: one rated defense.
0: Yeah, we had Sue. We had we had uh, fairly. Fairly, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, yeah, we yeah. we had a we had a we had the good defense. We had Stafford. We had Calvin Johnson, um, and we lost mm. that Dallas game, and it wasn't a blowout. I mean, we could have won that game, and so I—that's the most hype it's been in real time. Yeah, I
1: can't imagine if we would have won a Super Bowl, what the town would look like.
0: The only time it's ever that hype is during the draft, you know, yeah. around here. And so those are the playoff experiences that mm-hmm. I've had as a Detroiter. But let me—that t- was
1: a brief segment.
0: Yeah, they, we, your playoff. There wasn't a lot to that say. Was a brief wasn't a lot to say there. Uh, in terms of Lions games, I've gone to several preseason games, went to one against the Patriots when – remember they had Tim Tebow for a cup of coffee yeah. in the preseason? And so I, uh, I I saw Tim Tebow play for the Patriots. Uh, uh, I think the Lions won that game, but it was preseason. Um, I have – I went to the Patriots game a couple of years ago when the Lions beat us and the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl against the Rams. Here we go. So – the Lions were happy about that win. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they won eight games that year, but they beat they beat the Patriots at Ford Field. I saw. Sometimes
1: we didn't win eight games in
0: five years. <laughs> we, we are not the only team who's gone 0 and 16. Luckily, the Browns have joined us in that.
1: But we were first.
0: We were first. Um, I, I saw Peyton and the Broncos the year they won the Super Bowl. They beat the Lions on a Sunday night game. And my, the, the, the craziest memory, uh, you were telling me earlier about the Redskins game you were at mm-hmm. in the field goal. I was at the Thursday night game when we led the Packers for the whole, all of regulation. There was not one oh, wow. second in regulation that the Packers had the lead. Andrew and I were sitting in the opposite end zone with zeros on the clock. Uh, the Lions had gotten a flag on the last play, so Rodgers got one more play, and he threw a Hail Mary to the end zone. What was it, 60 yards? Uh, Six, uh, I mean, it was far. Uh, into the opposite end zone, the other – he had a tight end named Rodgers, caught the ball in the opposite end zone. Place erupted. The Packers won the game without – Leading for a single second oh, in regulation, and that's us. That was a Detroit experience. That that's was us. a genuine. Now,
1: real quick, before I was born, when before the Super Bowl era, I was born in 1960. The the NFC they had the NFL championships. The yeah. Lions do have four championships, but the problem is you can't you know you can't talk about them because I wasn't alive. Yeah, the last came in back to back 57 58, but you know, here we are.
0: Yeah. And uh, so let, let me ask you this question, Be, you know, uh, let's say hypothetically that the Fords are listening and they probably are Fords. I know you're listening to us out there. What recommendations do you have for us going forward? How can the Detroit lions get to the promised land that what, what, what do they need to do starting now today?
1: you know it's not the fan base because the fan base is amazing
0: we've stuck with them
1: we've got we have an amazing fan base this is a great sports town um this is a critical year otherwise we're gonna it's gonna get i'll be honest everybody thinks they're gonna blow it up i don't i don't think the fords because there's three years left on uh patricia's contract and on the g who's the gm
0: it's the other guy from new england yeah the
1: other guy from new whatever his name is yeah. He's got three years. Well, with two years left, that's four years plus give a new GM. They're not going to pay that. So they're going to act like, well, they've done enough. We're going to go seven and nine maybe. <laughs> and they're going to act like, well, yeah, we were threatening to make the playoffs because yeah. they've added a playoff team this year, a seventh in each side. Right. Um, if they blow it up, uh, you know, it's, it's – man, I, I wish I had an answer to your question and the truth is right now, because you got to deal with the reality of where they're at.
0: No doubt. Do you want right Matt now. Stafford at QB1? I, you
1: know, I, I, I like Stafford. I think Stafford's a great quarterback. I You know, probably not as great as a lot of people say. I think definitely can win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. We were right there, and then Sue Blue Dodge, he got out of here. Because he was the cornerstone piece as a D-tackle of that defense. He demanded double and triple teams, which made that defense better. Um, you know, I had, I had, it's crazy. I, I've been excited for all of their coaching hires. <laughs> I had a lot of anticipate. Quinn Brady Quinn is the GM. Yeah. This, you know, this whole New England regime, I bet in, and so. You know, guys, I'm sixty. Hey, Lions, I am sixty. Uh, Show some I want to be coherent and be able to enjoy it with other people, get to a Super Bowl, and yes, win one one just one and the you know the the thing about all the i you know kidding around, obviously, but in all seriousness aside, you think of the three major sports because again, we have to discount hockey. We have to discount hockey. It's not a, really a Is
0: it tech? Is hockey technically considered a I sport? I think it's
1: secondary. I would put it in there with soccer. But anyway, <laughs> baseball, basketball, and football. In basketball and in, in, in baseball, there's really only a handful of teams. There's more parity that comes from football. And I really think that's why it's amazing what New England did. It seriously is a, that may have been the greatest dynasty of any sport dynasty um i i believe that it, so yeah, there's the no question flip, it's the greatest right dynasty. teams flip a lot there's right. been a lot of teams that have gone last to first you know we got to hit it right I, I think coaching matters i think you know it, 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 in football and obviously belichick's a genius uh along with having the greatest quarterback so i so back to the i, I think the lions could do it <laughs> i know that sounds stupid i have i get ragged on this so bad but I, I'm not, you know. It's it's very uh, minuscule the difference between teams in the NFL. We're not talking about college football where Bama will blow out everybody, or Clemson and and whatnot. Um, um, it's close. So um, and and I, you know, I can't. I'm not a football expertise. I do love the Lions though, and I'll watch them and I'll cheer for them, and I and I hope one day we get it. And I, and, I, and I think you got to get lucky at the right time and then get hot. Like, think of, think of, think of a couple of wild card eras. Um, the Oakland Raiders snuck in as a wild card and got hot under Jim Pluckett and won it. The New York Giants
0: mm, that's, uh, went that's on painful. a run,
1: snuck in, got hot. So you just got to get in. If you get in and you get hot, football, you can ride a wave. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we've been to the playoffs three times in, in Stafford's era. So, if somehow we get blowed this year, you know, and we're the last I, – I say get out, draft Trevor Lawrence, get as much as you can for Stafford because he's only going to be 33. Not that I want him gone. You'll just get a lot of picks. And then maybe you can move forward. But, you know, you got to figure – Again, I don't think the Fords, because I think they're cheap, won't won't uh, blow these guys out of water. But if they do, you know, then you're starting over again, and you got to hit the right guy. You got to we the Lions have to land the genius coming up. And I'll tell you one last Lions story, and then you know whatever you want to talk about. Bill Parcells wanted to coach for William Clay Ford. They were good friends.
0: Let's take a moment of silence for that. Bill
1: Parcells, people.
0: <laughs> one of the greatest For our radio coaches. audience, his, his glasses got crooked Bill on Par- that one.
1: Bill Parcells. Did I list Bill Parcells in that other thing we were making
0: earlier? We'll talk about that next week.
1: Um, Bill Parcells. He wanted to coach the Lions, and William Clay being devoted – uh, to who, who he was and, and loyal, and we had some sorry sap that would lose. You know, I've been to Lions games. I've I've I have been a part of more Lions games where guys wearing bags, grocery <laughs> bags over their heads, paper grocery bags, because we want to get we want to get out of here. You know, they they it's the coach wants to get out. It's. It's not, it's not a good history. It's painful. It's painful, and not so much for the Tigers, you know, the Tigers yeah, and you know, some, the Pistons. We, we got some yeah. joy in there, Yeah. but not the Lions. I want to, I, I can't imagine what the town would do if we won one. I, I think it'd go nuts because I think it's a great football area with extended, you know, you have Michigan, you have Michigan state, Michigan state has a more recent history uh, to being pretty solid. And Michigan has a, obviously a big history, Michigan State was won a couple of national championships in the '60s, but again that goes way back. Yeah. Was
0: even well, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a Michigan yeah. football episode at some point we'll because have we have the most entertaining coach in, maybe in all of football. Indeed. I don't know. But let let's end this with. Will you,
1: will you root for the Lions this year?
0: Uh, not more than the Buccaneers. Oh my goodness. When Brady retires, there will be a consideration. But speaking of Tom Brady, let's end let's end this with a quick game. I'm going to ask the questions and you answer, and the game is which is more likely okay <laughs> the lions win a super bowl or that or something else like what's going to happen first which is more likely first the lions win a super bowl or tom brady gets a seventh ring
1: wow brady brady will get a seventh ring he oh. will he'll get he'll get <laughs> one before he will i'm not going to doubt the guy he's lasted longer than
0: yeah, I, I, and, I'm, I and, feel like I should put dude, my hand on my heart. Dude, I got a feeling Brady might play at least fifty. Pledge allegiance. Okay, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, second, second question: Which is more likely? First, the Lions win a Super Bowl, or one of the other Detroit teams—Red Wings, Pistons, or Tigers—win a World Championship?
1: I would tell you right now, I think the Lions are the closest. The second closest would be the tigers The tigers have something developing at double a now they're featuring guys at double a it's not it has to do with the pitching some of those position players aren't as good as they say that's the problem that's why getting torkelson was good i think rather green's unbelievable we need a number one pick again and get another standout hitter because once they get up there then you're going to add at pieces but the problem is you know there, it takes so many systems to get there. I still say the Lions are the closest. That kind of tells you something, the state of Detroit sports right now.
0: Ooh. Okay, third one. Which is more likely to happen first? The Lions won a Super Bowl or Jim Harbaugh and Michigan beat Ohio State? Ooh. Ooh. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say it'll be – now, if you said national championship, I might say something different, but – I think they'll beat Ohio State. Harbaugh's, too, uh, Harbaugh's legitimately a good coach. He's he His reps taking a hit. We'll get into that some other time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just to beat Ohio State. Uh, and, and Ohio State, you know, they say the current guy there, May, is going to graduate to the NFL. Ohio State's always been great. They'll get a great coach. Uh, they're driven down there. Michigan kind of acts like they're not driven. They're driven to beat them. They just can't get it done. But I would say Harbaugh will beat Ohio State before, before, before uh, the Lions win a Super Bowl, and that could be this year. It could be. Mm. I mean, they're due. They're zero and five.
0: <laughs> Talk about depressing they're topics. 0 5. Talk about okay. Last one. Yeah. You ready? Which is more likely to happen first: the Lions win the Super Bowl, or Mike Shampoo shaves his beard? Oh, Clean my. shaven, baby bottom smooth.
1: Yeah uh the lions will win a super bowl before that because
0: you heard it here first folks yes you heard it here
1: mike mike had that beard in third grade yeah he was born with with full stubble everywhere
0: no doubt i i'm a little worried now that people are gonna Discount what we said about election because of some of the crazy things you've said about the Lions <laughs> today.
1: Uh, um, well, we had to go from the serious to the, I mean, it's the Lions. What, what do you call them?
0: Mm, what do you call it's them? Pain,
1: painful. <laughs> painful. Somebody better throw a flag.
0: Well, and this has never been more fitting, folks, because our Detroit Lions will draw some flags. And yes. there is a, there is a flag on the play All right. and it is indeed pastor interference. So until next time.